according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took Jesus to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, God will command the angels concerning you, or on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to the devil again, It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to the devil, away with you, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve God alone. Then the devil left Jesus, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. I remember the very first time I experienced GPS. Ten years, years ago, I was in North Carolina for the ordination and to preach at the ordination for one of our seminarians. The young, soon-to-be pastor and his wife were new to the area. And after they picked me up at the airport, they entered their home address into their app to find the way back home. Then I noticed the whole weekend, weekend every time they went anywhere, they entered the address into the app. Now I understand. But then I was flabbergasted. How would they ever learn their way around their new city if they always depended on an app? All right, I use Waze. I admit it freely. How else would I or we get around in an unfamiliar city? And quite honestly, what did we do without it? How did we find our way when we got lost? Now, there are horror stories, as you know, that could give us pause to trust our device and the app all the time. Like a man named Phil Paxson driving home from his daughter's birthday party on a stormy night in Hickory, North Carolina. His GPS led him to what had once been a bridge that hadn't been repaired for nine years and Phil landed in a river and drowned. Nevertheless, I will keep using Waze to help me find the fastest route somewhere. Sometimes, but not too often, I may choose the scenic route, or maybe I'll choose one without tolls, 
But usually, if I have a choice, I will choose the way that saves me time. Even if it is only a minute or two. What is that about? Our procession around the church this morning was a journey, a slow pace, reflecting the inner journey from bondage to freedom, from darkness to light, from death to life, from Lent to Easter. But did you notice we, of course, just went in a big circle and our procession more or less ended in the same place that we started. Reminds me of famous words by T.S. Eliot, we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. But like all journeys, there are twists and there are turns. Life doesn't turn out as we expected. Like a road trip, there will be delays and there will be detours and there will be traffic jams that ways will show us. And of course, there will be the dreaded road construction. Always things that slow us down and test us test our patience. Think of Jesus, fresh from his baptism with echoes of beloved and my son still ringing in his ears with vigor ready to embark on his calling and instead the spirit leads him into the wilderness, a detour if there ever was one. The tempter testing Jesus to see what he is really made of. Rather than taking the long road, Jesus was offered the shortcuts of power, of potency, of grandeur. Most of us cannot go but a few hours without a text or a post or an email or some kind of stimulation. Imagine 40 days in the desert with nothing but yourself your thoughts, your feelings, and your raw hunger. We may not sense the Spirit literally leading us into the wilderness, but our Lenten GPS calls us to be where we are, to slow down, to learn moderation, to focus on our relationship with God and neighbor, the things that are most important in life. And several days after Ash Wednesday, it is the awareness of our mortality that causes us to stop, stand still, and take stock of our lives. Supposedly, our first parents didn't need to travel anywhere. They were in paradise, yet they failed the test. Death entered the picture. They and their descendants sought to be like God. And as Mark Bangert wrote in a commentary on this week's reading, such is the root cause of every human cave to allurement. Paradise lost, 
their GPS destination banished from the garden. One author notes that both Eastern and Western Christians read these opening chapters of Genesis and commemorate the expulsion of our first parents from the garden during the opening days of Lent. As the blogger writes, the eating of the forbidden fruit and the expulsion from the garden is the great disruption, the disintegration of harmony between God and humanity, humans in the world, as well as between humans and other humans. We turn on each other, bickering and arguing and blaming each other and external circumstances as we try to escape the consequences of our actions and turn our backs on taking responsibility for our choices. All right, the GPS for this sermon is now going to take a side street off the main path, but for a good reason. If our gospel has the devil as tender, our Genesis reading has a crafty serpent. A couple things need to be said about this well-known but misunderstood passage. First, though many later Christians, all the way to Augustine, would describe Genesis 3 as humanity's fall and the beginning of original sin. The Old Testament doesn't talk about a fall at all. Moreover, and let me say sorry to say from this ambo, too many older interpretations of this text portray the woman as the weaker sex, gullible, the source of evil, the temptress who leads man astray. I love a feminist reading of this text by Barbara Reed, president of Catholic Theological Union in Hyde Park, the new home of LSTC next fall. Sister Reed notes that the woman in the text we heard, is portrayed as knowledgeable, articulate, and well-informed about God's command. She's the one who discusses theology with God. And the man? Silent. Passive. He follows her lead and takes the fruit. The point? Both man and woman are present in the, in the garden. Both are tempted by the serpent. Both succumb. Both disobey. During Lent, we call to mind our sin, our fixation, our being curved in on ourselves, both individually and communally. And as we heard on Ash Wednesday, we return to the Lord with all our hearts. I'm not sure what awaits you. I'm not sure what awaits me. I'm not sure what awaits Holy Trinity on our 2023 Lenten journey. We could put some words into our spiritual GPS app. Get us to Easter. Get us to freedom. Get us to forgiveness or reconciliation or new life. But remember, the journey is as important as the destination. And the journey involves community, 
and the spiritual practices of fasting, sacrificial giving, and prayer. And the most essential practice of all, worship every Sunday. Time to get off the speed trap of our lives and to slow down. For Christ himself is present this day in the word of forgiveness and the word of hope in the nourishment at this table for the long road ahead. For whatever and wherever our GPS, our Lenten GPS may take us, what we need the most is bread for our journey. Amen.